Welcome to another episode of Back of the Grid. I am your host this week, Tom, and I am joined, as always, by Chris. Hello. And Stu. Hello. Hello. We are here in a week where we actually have F1 news, because silly season, pre-season, is it pre-season or mid-season, nobody knows, (laughs) because nothing's really happened yet, has started. (laughs) The craziness of driver moves. I don't know. This is, I was thinking about this before the episode of, is it silly season? Is it silly pre-season? Pre-silly, silly, pre-silly, yeah. pre-season, pre. pre. Can, I mean, can you have anything with the suffix season if there hasn't been a season? <laughs> can we call them corona contracts? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, it's, it's relevant. <laughs> Um, I actually yeah. I worked on the I worked on the quiz for F one. That's they're going to do like a Premier League quiz thing, and um, I don't know if this is common knowledge or not. But um, uh, I, I called the files that I sent over to them COVID quiz, <laughs> 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 which is very very bad, very naughty. But you know, it's a good description technically. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah, it's a COVID quiz. It is. Um, yeah, going back to um, where we should be, I guess, uh, there's actually news to talk about this week. Um, and in the space of about 30 minutes this morning, half the grid <laughs> shuffled around <laughs> more or less, or at least it felt that way. Yeah, um, We're normally waiting weeks for these things to play out and rumours, but nope, everyone just dropped their official confirmation of contract moves within the space of about 30 to 40 minutes. Yeah. So we're, we're just going to go... Yeah. Go through, see what that looks like for the grid, what yeah. we think of what's going on, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll take it from there, I guess. It's it's so funny you put it like that because this morning I got up and had a little. I've got a day off today, and I had a little look at the news, um, see if anything had happened, and not really. There was there was sort of there was still the Vettel. Obviously, Vettel had Vettel had left, and that was still the thing, but nothing really much when I got up. Then about an hour later. I looked at my phone again and there's just like 10 messages from you to there's like <laughs> looks at the news it's just literally half the f-ing grids check sorry excuse me <laughs> half the grids half the grids changed um, <laughs> half the grids changed like what what's going on it is so, one of the yeah. it is the wildest day in terms of like driver moving of ever known in f1 yeah yeah they're bo- they must just be bored. Quarantine's got to everyone and they're just like, you know what? <laughs> Let's <laughs> zhuzh this up a little bit and just move some drivers around. I think the only bounce. time <laughs> I think the only time I've been this shocked by something like contract related is when Rosberg just decided to bounce after yeah. he uh, won his title. That's the only other thing I think of where I've just been so like, really? This this is happening now? Okay, yeah. cool. Let's but well, then it kind of happened three times in a row this morning, didn't it? Yeah, you say yeah, Rosberg like, bounced. It was more like Rosberg disintegrated into the bush like Homer Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm out. Yeah. Um, this all started, like the catalyst of it all was Vettel and the announcement that he would be leaving Ferrari at the end of the season. Um, which, 
I, do you not think that'll ever just feel unfinished business? Because his whole point was, I want to go to Ferrari to win a title with Ferrari, so I can like consider my career complete, like consider it a success. So, do you not think it could end up slightly Schumacher esque, where in five or six years, you know, if he's if he's taking time away, like we might see him maybe pop back in into a team, possibly in a few yeah. years time. It's definitely because I think a big thing for a lot of people is uh, good drivers win titles, great drivers win titles at different teams at mm, different times. Yeah, yeah, and you know I think there's always gonna there's always been this thing around his championships of like oh yeah he won four but he was in the best car at the time he didn't have much competition kind of thing which is I'd say that's maybe true of two of his four. I think I think people forget how hard he had to fight for his first and second one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely it, it was this this big thing, you know. Like every, everyone dreams of driving Ferrari, and he, you know, he's a German driver. He grew up watching Schumacher, like it's a bit of a kind of dream thing. And as you say, it's just sort of a bit of unfinished business, kind of petered out a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, un- unfinished business is absolutely the the phrase I'd use for it. It's for sure, like he's he he. I mean, obviously, whatever team he was going to, he was going there to win world championships. When when Vettel moved to Ferrari, he could have moved pretty much wherever he wanted. Yeah, oh, yeah. And he chose Ferrari because he the dream for him was to emulate Michael Schumacher. He grew up watching Michael Schumacher. He, you know, Schumacher would go to the the kart tracks and stuff where he would be racing with his mates as a youngster, his mates, his, his young competitors. And, um, you know, he's he's gone on record before and said that the dream is to emulate his hmm. idol, Michael Schumacher. And without sounding harsh, he's failed to do that at Ferrari, partly because Ferrari have not, necessarily always given him the car arguably and partly because his own performances in particularly the last sort of couple of years of of being left wanting i think yeah so, I'd, I'd agree with that like the the car wasn't quite there initially when he moved but then the last couple of years that car's definitely had the potential to to at least challenge especially with someone like him behind the wheel you'd expect more of a challenge but he's been his own worst enemy in the last couple of years hasn't yeah he? realistically he's been it's definitely been more or it feels more like mistakes on his part rather than problems with the car um mm. and i don't know do, do we think he'll will he will go anywhere because there's not really anywhere to go now is there after, after the other moves that we'll talk about is there really anywhere to go the, the only seat for 2021 realistically now is renault for reasons we'll get into later on. Um, mm-hmm. I just can't see him... Like, you look at what Raikkonen's done now. He had his time at the front, and now he's gone off to a midfield team, and he's just happy because he likes driving F1 cars and racing every other weekend, and he's happy doing that. Can you see Vettel tootling around in the midfield? Yeah, exactly. Nope. It just it just doesn't seem him, does it? No, and it wouldn't be right either. It wouldn't be right. I don't, I don't think, think so. No, <clears throat> I think he's given he's given a lot to F one. Like for all we've criticised in the last couple of years, he he ha- has given a lot to F one. He's been v- a very big part of what has, in many ways, been a golden era of F one in the last um, five or ten years. And 
it'd be a shame to see him just sort of peter out into obscurity, wouldn't it? Yeah. I think this is something that we've kind of seen coming a little bit for a while, isn't it? Like we've, well, we've talked about it on a number of occasions on here, the the fact that we thought he might be heading towards a potentially like a retirement and, and just well, have you um, in his contract. Did you read his statement when this was announced? I have not actually seen his statement yet. No. Um, so he he's part, well, there's obviously the team part as well, which was it's the usual, it's a joint decision, blah, 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 thanking him and all that. Uh, Vettel's part says, um, my relationship with Ferrari will finish at the end of 2020. In order to get the best possible results in this sport, it's vital for all parties to work in perfect harmony. The team and I have realised that there is no longer a common desire to stay together beyond the end of this season. Financial matters have played no part in this joint decision. That is not the way I think when it comes to making certain choices, and it never will be. He then says... What's been happening in these past few months has led many of us to reflect on what our real priorities are in life. One needs to use one's imagination and to adopt a new approach to a situation that has changed. I myself will take the time I need to reflect on what really matters when it comes to my future. Yeah. Which, if that doesn't point mm. to what we've been saying, as you say, Tom, for a couple of years now, of he seems his priorities in life seem to have changed he's a yeah he's a family man now he likes spending time with his family he's not in the spotlight yeah and i think that like it's been something that like you say we've mentioned a couple of times in the past at least that he seems to be more and more led towards thinking about wanting to spend that time with his family and you can't blame him at all like he's what has he got two young kids now So, so yeah is, you know, like being away for 10 months of the year easily. Um, it's the same, well, it's the same for anyone in the sport, but, you know, it's not easy on people in those scenarios. And it, I wouldn't be surprised if he felt he was missing out. And then this entire first half of the season that's now been spent at home because of the race has been postponed and cancelled, mm-hmm. it's highlighted to him that that is what he actually wants. Mm-hmm. And it, it's really put it in perspective for him of, I want to be at home with the family, and do you know I, I wouldn't argue if he um, if he did want to sort of Schumacher it and come back in a few years' time once once his kids are a bit older and yeah. could maybe come watch a race or something or or could comprehend a bit better like daddy's racing, let's watch it on TV. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I think that's maybe one of the reasons Schumacher took a step back was to spend more time with his family. So yeah, it's um, it's a shame to lose him if we do. But I think, especially in the nature of him not getting that title at Ferrari, I think it, yeah. it is a shame for him to go without that. But I, there's always going to be a part of me that thinks it's not quite the end of him in F1 <clears> as well if he does go. So what we're saying is that Sebastian Vettel is going to retire from Formula 1, at least temporarily. That's the, I, that's the consensus. I, I think that's the most likely outcome, both from the wording of what Chris has just read from from his part of the Ferrari statement and just combined with the instant movement between all the other the seats that went down this morning. Well, it's probably not all gone down straight away this morning, but you know the, the way that they've been revealed... It's almost like phones, like people on three phones at once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bye, bye, yeah. bye, bye, bye. Sell, sell, sell. Are we ruling out every other team then? Completely. I don't think you'd totally rule them out. Because um, remember, like, this is a whole season away. He's, got, he's still going to do 2021, yeah. 2020 season. 
It's yeah. 2021 is not going to do it. So he's still going to be racing when we go when when we when we go racing well, and hopefully in June. So there's a I'll whole year f- to figure out where he's going to end up, and that's a, there's a whole lot of drive movement can move happen in a year. Like these pa- these contracts are not worth the paper they're written on. For well, the most let's part, so. go through the move the other moves that have definitely happened, which shows what seats are also going to be changing and then that'll kind of leave us with maybe a, a better picture to paint. I just don't want to get too far ahead. So let's look at the other moves. That's a great idea. Um, <laughs> first being, did which way around did these come out? Because I saw them as Ricardo was going to McLaren first. Then I saw um, that meant science was leaving McLaren to uh, to join Leclerc at Ferrari. Well, I hilar- saw them that way around. I'm not sure if that's the way that they came out, though. Kind of hilariously, the order it seemed to go was McLaren announced Ricardo, then Renault announced Ricardo was leaving them, which is like, <laughs> you don't say. Um, yeah, then I believe it was uh, Signs after that. It was, yeah, Signs is leaving and then a Signs is joining. It's yeah, because that's, that's um, what I thought. yeah, because McLaren had to have a driver lined up before they released signs from his from his option on his contract. So yeah, it's probably a contract thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so officially, in terms of the timeline, I guess Ricardo moved from Renault to McLaren to join Lando Norris for next season, and then as a consequence, that left Sainz without a seat at McLaren. So he has taken the vacant seat at Ferrari alongside Leclerc. Um, so we've got a two-year deal for signs at Ferrari. Um, Chris has eloquently pointed out this will be the youngest driver pairing at Ferrari for 50 years. I only put that down because, um, interestingly, in the announcement statement for Carlos Sainz joining them, uh, Mattia Bonotto made that point, which... Uh. Almost feels a little bit getting your excuses lined up ahead of time. Um, he, he talked a lot about a building period and looking to the future period, which sounds to me like a team principal that doesn't have a ton of confidence in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, what, it what have you been building like all a... this time? You had, you had the yeah. bad, you've had the best engine in Formula One for the last two seasons, three seasons maybe. What? <laughs> what what's left to build? Just get what the is done, weird as well is. It doesn't sound like a Ferrari team principal. <laughs> well, no, it doesn't actually. Like, a Ferrari sounds like team a, principal. Sounds like a Williams like team principal. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they, that's um, that's a surprise in a way, I guess, for them to go for more young talent um, over someone maybe more... It's a very non-Ferrari seasoned. thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's the Red Bull way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it really is. With an ex-Red Bull driver as well in this scenario, yeah, yeah. in science. Well, they've gone um, from one ex ex-Red Bull driver to another, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, true. Um, but yeah, I, I, do you think Science will play second fiddle to Leclerc? Because I imagine that's that's how Ferrari see it going into this. Do you not think? Yeah, I mean, because Leclerc's yeah. on what was it a five-year deal he signed? Um, yes, he, that was the last one. Which is yeah, like that is a statement of this person is our future. Um, I'm not in my an, head. Another way of looking at it is um, a friend of the show, Hazel Southwell, this morning said something along the lines of uh, Carlos Sainz has signed a deal to keep that seat warm until Mick Schumacher is ready for it, because. Um, <laughs> 
obviously Ferrari don't really have any other younger drivers. I mean, I guess Giovinazzi technically should have been in the queue, but he's not really proved himself for it. Well, I think that going and grabbing signs probably shows how over <laughs> Gio they are now. <laughs> They're like, they, they don't see, at least right now, they don't see the potential in him being able no. to compete in that Ferrari. Um, I which, think... I, if I was given the choice between Science and Giovinazzi, I would take Science every day of the oh, week. Oh, completely, so, yeah. Like, you know, when he comes as an option. It, it does make you wonder how much the teams have... No, like, how long all these things have been going on. Like, you know, obviously Ferrari might have known Vettel's leaving for a while, so does that mean they've then been in talks with Science for a while and they've approached Science... Um, which has led McLaren to go, right, we need to step back and think who we can go pick up. And then they, they've, you know, I'd be very, very interested to see the whole chain of events. Um, yeah. So I guess, we- like, the the reason it's crept up on us is because we've not been watching any racing. So normally the, the rumour mill would be in overdrive, yes. wouldn't it? And yes. you'd see yeah, all the all the interviews and all the all the press releases and stuff and, and you know, all the paddock talk, that kind of stuff would all be coming out and circulating and we'd be reading articles about it and possible rumours but we've not had any of that so it's just yeah jumped out yeah. this morning and taken us all by surprise it's it's kind of happening a lot more behind closed doors literally though as well in the sense that you know these are probably small video conference kind of calls between you zoom know chats. agents and managers yeah zoom chats between agents and <laughs> driver managers and stuff like that whereas occasionally like you'd get a a Ted Kravitz of this world or something be like, oh, do you know what I saw earlier? I saw so and so pop into such and such a place. Hmm. Yeah. What's going on? That and like you get you get these like keen eyed regulars within the paddock that spot those kind of things. Whereas there's no opportunity to do that if it's all Zoom conference calls. Yeah. So I mean it's not difficult. If you're if you ever stood in a Formula One paddock, it's not difficult to stand up the road from all the garages and just look down the down the road yeah. and see who's going in what. <laughs> <laughs> what building like the, Daniel Ricciardo walking into Ferrari or McLaren would stick out like a sore thumb yeah exactly yeah definitely um, so yeah. you do that as you'd be making it the reason they would do that is to make a statement to to pressure the people who yeah, are completely. organizing yeah. the things behind the scenes and right? there's been they want to be seen the media are, are very much a tool in these kinds of ne- ne- negotiations yeah. so actually like Ferrari have probably got a pretty good deal for science because he's not been going in and <laughs> yeah. out of Red Bull the whole time or yeah. Mercedes. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you see a lot between Renault and Red Bull, didn't you? Like the 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 way that Horner would behave in the paddock, and yeah, he'd go get like pally pally with the Honda guys or the Mercedes guys or something, and mm. he'd be having these conversations, and it was all just a kind of dig at Renault out. and yeah, yeah, yeah and like completely. and just 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 poke at them a little bit and, and get a reaction. And you see that a lot in the paddock. It's, it's very manipulative and very strategic, a lot of the things that they do. Yeah. To go back um, to science for a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got a bit sidetracked there. If they think he's going to go there and be a number two driver, I think they're sorely mistaken. Yeah, like for a shot. when you think how this guy's career has gone, like a couple of years ago, he was basically just being nudged around mid-season as a bargaining chip, and he's gone f- yeah. from that to he had a pretty <laughs> poor start to last season, and he turned things around, headed the midfield quite handily, picked up a podium, and now he's in one of the red cars. Like that's a, 
insane career turnaround. And he's going to be so hungry to go out and prove he deserves to be in that seat now. Do you know, I'm sorry, I just started randomly chuckling to myself then, but I was just thinking, I bet Hulkenberg is absolutely living right now. <laughs> because yeah. he'll be sat thinking, if I'd have lasted one more year, I might... Because there was always this point when he was on the tip of that seat, wasn't there? It was, it was, it was almost there. Yeah. And... It, do you know what? If they'd have turned around to him and said, do you want to come and drive the Ferrari and, and basically just follow Charles around, I bet Hulkenberg would have gone, yes, please. He'd be the perfect driver for that, Hulkenberg. Yeah. If he'd he not would. binned his, uh, his Renault in Germany last year yeah. and got that podium. Oh, dear me. Completely different story, isn't a, it? That is a real killer, that. Yeah, that's a shame. That's, that mm. is a real... I felt real... I watched um, that episode of Drive to Survive today, as you both know already, <laughs> and... Um, I felt really bad for him watching that. I forgot all about him bidding it in Germany from second yeah. position. Really, really, really sad. It was a shame. Mm. Especially considering that he's, he didn't have the contract renewal as well. He didn't get the contract renewal. Like, Well, exactly. That's that's the whole that, reason that, he I didn't think get it. That's, yeah, that's what makes it worse, though, I think, is that it was, it was always one of those guys for me when he was in the sport that was... I don't... When... It, Earlier in his career, I always wanted him to like have a shot in a good car to, to see if he could compete for a title. As years passed, I don't think he quite had that, but he was always pretty consistent. And I always sort of thought he would make like a good second driver to, to a world champion. Like He'd make a good sort of, I'm going to pick up the, the scraps and the podiums and, and you know get the wins when yeah. they, they ooh, come ooh, around ooh. to me kind of guy. I've got, I've, got a, uh, I've got a good who's better for you. <laughs> Go on. Who's better, Nico Hulkenberg or Valtteri Bottas? Mm. I think in recent times, probably Bottas. Yeah, same. But in terms of overall career, as in, as in for the length of it, I think Hulkenberg was extremely consistent from when he started up until his last season. Do you think Whereas Hulkenberg Bottas has been a little have... bit up and down. Sorry, do you think Bottas will, will have as long a career as what Hulkenberg had? We're really mm. off track now, but <laughs> it, it really, I think that really depends on a where the rest of these driver moves end up because yeah. there's still contracts. You could to wake, be wake up tomorrow and Bottas is driving World Endurance Championship. <laughs> yeah, um, and I do think Bottas is one of those people that if he if he did for whatever reason, lose the Mercedes seat. If Mercedes chose to replace him, I don't think Bottas would want to go back down the grid. Um, it doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that would settle to to drive a lesser car further back. I think he would just take it as a sign that his time here was done and he would move on to like rally or something. I, I think he would go just yeah, go, finished, do, go do another he? form Not of to stereotype. that he enjoys. <laughs> it, it, what what did Kimmy do though? Do you know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. went and true, did something yeah. that he knew he could enjoy um, and do it more as like a, I want to give this a try because it's no, fun yeah, yeah. I'm kind with you, of I'm thing. With you. Finns are rallying um, before I can walk half the time. Yeah. Well yeah. Good. yeah. <laughs> so I, I think genuinely if Bottas for whatever reason did lose his seat at Mercedes, that's Kind of what the way it'd play out is that he'd just leave the sport. They're um, born doing donuts. They come out <laughs> doing donuts. <laughs> so, um, we'll move to Ricardo. Um, so 
this obviously plays out as part of the whole musical seats. Um, Ricardo will be leaving McLaren to... Sorry, no, he'll be leaving Renault to join <laughs> McLaren. <laughs> um, after all the fight where he was very adamant he wanted a factory seat and that was his reason for going to Renault, do we think it was maybe now just a way of... He just wanted to get out of Red Bull and it wasn't ever truly that he wanted to be at Renault. He just didn't want to be at Red Bull anymore. Well, supposedly he came incredibly close to signing for McLaren um, at that point in time. And in the end, he went Actually, for Renault. Yes. Yeah. So then again, the McLaren of then and the McLaren of now are in two very different positions, I would say. Um, if you look at those, those two teams at the point he signed, Renault seemed to be the one on the up and they were saying all the right things. Whereas... yeah. You look at them both now, McLaren, if either of those teams are going to make a further step forward and challenge the guys ahead, your money's going to be on McLaren, isn't it? I think so. At, yeah. at the moment, that's where that's where I, out of the two, that's where I'd want to be if I had the choice, if I was in that lucky position. Hmm. Um, I think, yeah, I don't think it's the manufacturer seat so much that bothered him. He just wants to be in a car that is capable of competing. And usually a manufacturer seat is the way to go for that, isn't it? So I think that's the logic there. Yeah. Um, so I, I think he'd have as good a shot, if not better, in the McLaren at the minute. Let's not forget he's going to be driving with um, Mercedes engines as well. Yeah. Yes, that's the engine will have changed over. Yeah. Potentially the best engine and chassis combination. There's, there's, there's a possibility that they could become the best engine chassis yeah. combination. He, he could be about to... In 2022. He could be about to walk into like a, a championship contending seat, realistically, couldn't he? Or which he is, could be about to walk into a team that are about to have a massive slump again, which would implosion. be Ricardo's style. Yeah. This, in a way, <laughs> makes Sainz's decision an interesting one because mm. he was in a position where he was... He's, he's been the better of the two drivers for the, the season they've been together, at least. He's... He's, you know, his stock's gone up. He's, he's heading the midfield in a team that are very much on the up. They're making big signings in the sort of technical team. They're very much moving put forward. And he's left that to, yes, join a team that has been able to compete for championships and for wins. But it's also a team that has shown a complete inability to put together a whole season for mm. a decade now. Like, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you you wonder how quickly the way things are currently go, McLaren are going to catch Ferrari up. Yeah, just something the Slavs would like to see. But Ferrari should have won the last, probably the last two seasons. I'd say. Yeah, Mercedes, their biggest Mercedes have not been flawless this last two seasons. No, not at all. And the the problem is Ferrari have been their own worst enemies again. Yeah. It's something that I find that we say a lot, but. Over the last couple of years, Ferrari have been Ferrari's biggest enemy and biggest competitor because they've been shooting themselves in the foot with ridiculous things at times. Um, which I I really, really, part of me just wants to really, really see like a grid where it's Sainz, Leclerc, Ricardo, and Norris. It's those four and just. I, I, I really want I really want a Mercedes implosion right now mainly because <laughs> like it feels like it's almost like the changing of the guard like you've got Ricardo's then could become like the new 
he's been around a little while. He's got the experience, but he's still got a lot of years left in him kind of driver. And then you've got, well, science is even approaching that sort of stage. I guess he's been around a while now, hasn't he? But you've got that. And then you've got the two younger guys coming up. They're all like, they're all pretty entertaining when it comes to like camera time and, you know, interview time and stuff like it's, it's a whole new generation essentially that's, that's potentially brewing between the four of them. And especially with like the amount of, um, uh, esports stuff going on recently it is your likes mm. of norris and leclerc and russell and um albon like they're kind of the ones out there keeping f1 sort of not necessarily in the public eye but it's there if you know fans want to watch it and they're being yeah. entertaining and i think a lot of people have become more fans of those drivers because of the being able to actually see their personalities and stuff when they're not surrounded by media people. Um, whereas you kind of your old guard, as you say, are sort of just not really doing much. They're kind of yeah, disappearing. They just keep I mean, themselves to themselves. I mean, Vettel popped up in one of them the racing series that Jensen Button's been doing with like Montoya and uh, Jan Magnussen and Co. Uh, Vettel actually popped up in one of those races a couple of weeks ago. But he was the only driver taking part in a field of about 22 cars that didn't have a camera uh, facing them the whole time. <laughs> like every other driver that had a little picture in picture of them in their garage or whatever on their on their rig, you wouldn't know it was Vettel unless it said Vettel at the bottom of the screen. Like that's just kind of not yeah. how he rolls. He's, he's always been like that though, hasn't he, to be fair? He, yeah. He's, he's always been very much a person that keeps his personal life personal and he keeps it away from the grid as much as possible and i saw someone make a good point earlier actually we're backtracking again now to vettel but um <laughs> i saw someone online say if he does choose to retire this is a guy who unlike pretty much every other most of the sports people alone f1 drivers he hasn't got a twitter he hasn't got an instagram or facebook he's just about got a website that clearly someone else maintains like he doesn't pop up at events all over the world like if yeah. he chooses to retire he's probably just going to disappear he's gone yeah, yeah. once he's gone yeah. he's gone yeah he might crop up at a race or two as like a guest of ferrari and he'll do a quick interview because mm. he's there and he's there with his yeah. kids or whatever but I yeah, I think he's just going to disappear into the ether and enjoy retirement. If he does retire, if he does retire, if he does, if, yeah. which Let, let's not. I just think let's just not maybe not retire him. <laughs> just again, <laughs> please. <laughs> okay, there's a whole year left. There's a whole year for him to find another seat. He, he, I, I'm not convinced he'll definitely retire. I'm really <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. Um, yeah. Where just were a very we? quick we talking one about before, <laughs> just a very quick one before we move away from um, the new Ferrari pairing and the new McLaren pairing. If you had to choose between the sexy Ferrari pair or the comedic McLaren pair, which would you go for? <laughs> it is I true. Would, if, it's like Bosch snog marry avoid kind of yeah it basically is <laughs> so you avoid mercedes <laughs> for some reason <laughs> yeah they'd just gaslight you wouldn't they they'd make you feel yeah. like you make you feel bad about yourself <laughs> so we're, we've already avoided mercedes in this equation by only considering these two yeah so would you go for the sex appeal and for italian team two Fairly young drivers, both good-looking guys. It is a very Ferrari team. It's not a long-term deal, is it? It's just a quick... It's a bit of a short-term boogie, kind of. (laughs) 
Is that, is that one for our ears to use? To you? <laughs> yeah, just a short-term boogie. Yeah, yeah, it's a flash in the pan. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd go, would you go McLaren with the, the two comedy legends that are on the grid? I think, yeah, you, you, you marry McLaren because they make you laugh and, and uh, <laughs> you know, marriages are built on laughter, aren't they, they say, so. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But it's hard to, yeah. And so they've shown that they that can go through. Pairing, though, they've shown that they can go through a tough time and <laughs> make it into a good time. Whereas Ferrari have ever only ever shown us that they can have a good time and then only have tough times after that. They've not had a good time since they were having the last time a good time. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you'd be you'd be ju- yeah, it'd be a marriage of. Um, there'd be a lot of therapy. Remorse. I think. <laughs> 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 I think that I, settles that one then. <laughs> I do worry a little bit, like. Norris and signs of like they've just been amazing this last year like they've really bounced off each other and they've gelled really well it's been incredibly entertaining and I do worry that Ricardo is gonna just kind of barrel in there and I don't know I I, I can't see the two of them bounce off each other in quite the same way I, I have a fe- you know feeling think? that Norris might like go back into his shell a little bit when, when the two of them are interacting mm. I don't know. He's a, he's a bit is a bit larger than life. Is a bit more larger than life than what? Yeah, definitely. Would be. I, I think there'll be a little bit of a an an air of like science with his buddy kind of thing. Whereas I think Ricardo might be someone that Lando Rips maybe well Lando maybe looks up to Danny Rick yeah. a little bit more. Like sees him a bit more as a as an idol or a role model or something. So I can see what you mean about like it might cause him to close up a little bit but i think he, I, I think he feels really comfortable at mclaren now to be honest i, I don't yeah. think it'd be too bad of a thing um i think it'd be really 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 good for lando having ricardo as his teammate i think he'll yeah. he's a better barometer a lot to learn it's a hell of a yard stick isn't it well. yeah, yeah. He's a, i'd say he's a better driver than science there's no doubt about that for me that ricardo the better yeah ricardo is a better yeah, driver yeah. than science yeah i um, think science is on the way but he's not there yet yeah, yeah. Might, which the, who who would win in a bant off between Ricardo <laughs> and Norris? That's what I want to know. Ricardo would just be louder and win by default. Yeah, um, we're gonna see next year for sure. Yeah, <laughs> we're definitely gonna see it. So. Having said that, we 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 all just kind of agreed with the fact that right now Ricardo is better than Carlos Sainz. So why yeah. did Ferrari not go with him? Ferrari could have had Ricardo. To, I don't think he ever wanted to go to Ferrari. Did he? Do you not think? Mm. I don't think. I, don't I think. That, I think but... knowing, like knowing that Leclerc is there, and he could see j- j- when when he could have gone there. Like Leclerc was coming in, and he was going to be like the the next big thing at Ferrari. Ricardo would have seen that, and Ferrari have traditionally been a, a one driver, one driver, yeah. two team. He would have been driver number two to Leclerc eventually. So why I... put yourself in that position yeah, when you I can go so. to pretty much any other team and be number one? I'd say I agree with that because it it's not necessarily that he doesn't want to go to Ferrari, it's that he doesn't want to go there knowing that he's not going to be considered, you know, number one. Yeah. Um, because of the nature of how Ferrari do tend to work a lot of the time. And he, he it's why he left Red Bull at the end of the day, isn't it? Like he, he was sick of yeah. being number two to max and not being That's very fully true. appreciated and it's the whole reason he left um so i don't think he'd walk into ferrari where they've got a similar situation with charles um but, yeah, that's a good point you know if 
depending on what he does at McLaren over the next few years, when if there's any change in the situation at Ferrari, you, you never know. He could end up there to see out his career potentially. Yeah. He's, he's got a long time left in the yeah, sport, I think. Yeah, true. there's plenty. He's got a few years left in him, old Ricardo. Yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. Um, um, so this I, move... Oh, go on. I'm going I'm to segue us into talking about Renault with another quote. Um, so we've had all day today, it's been Ferrari saying, you know, how good it's been working with Vettel and all their achieved together. Vettel saying how wonderful it's been at Ferrari. Carlos Sainz released a video saying thank you to everyone at McLaren and all the fans for this amazing time he's had. Renault released a statement from Cyril Abitable saying, in our sport and particularly within the current extraordinary situation, reciprocated confidence, unity and commitment are more than ever critical values for a works team. I am confident that the 2020 season will allow us to accomplish even more together. Our ambitions and the strategy of Renault DP World F1 team remain unchanged. So I think it's fair to say he's a little tough. <laughs> it's like not even a single mention of the fact that Ricardo is leaving, even though that's what the statement was for. Yeah. So well, the, much salt the, the, going on. Yeah, the recipro- reciprocated confidence, unity and commitment, more than ever, oh, yeah. critical values for a works team. <laughs> I'd like None to know what... Hulkenberg or uh, Palmer and co think about reciprocated confidence given how many drivers well, Renault have dumped over the last few years. Shoes, shoes on the other foot, isn't it now? It yeah. is, yeah. And I bet Horner's having a good chuckle to himself. Oh, yeah. that's kind of poetic, this. actually. That's poetic, that. I, I, I like yeah. that. I, I like bet Horner's just liking the, um, the drive market spotlight not being on Red Bull for once. <laughs> I know, it's so weird mm. to have all these talks and just we've not really mentioned them once yet. Because <laughs> yeah. Red Bull have been swapping and changing drivers so much, we've forgotten that it happens at other teams too from time to time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we're really excited that it's not Red Bull for a change. <laughs> um, but yeah, you've kind of led us into the empty seat at Renault. Um, do you, could you see Seb in it, anyone? Stu's adamant that... Oh, he doesn't want to consider his retirement. He doesn't want to consider his retirement. So is this where you could see him instead of retiring, Stu? If I'm... Obviously, my heart of hearts, no. I don't see him at Renault. I think I, I, it'd be a stretch, wouldn't it, to, for, for Vettel to go to Renault? They'd have to... It'd be, it could be an amazing move for the future, maybe, because obviously big change coming up in the regulations in now 2022. But... Are Renault going to do the business? I don't really think they are in 2022. They've been more or less stationary within the field, within the midfield for, well, what, since they came back, really. They've, they've just yo-yoed yeah. between the mid, middle middle table. So um, I certainly wouldn't, if I was Seb, I wouldn't be wanting to go there. I think there's other teams that are, that are more interesting than Renault to go to. But um, we're we're talking about Renault, so I'll I'll I'll, I'll sort of let you guys carry on about Renault. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, Alonso's thrown around the fact that he wouldn't rule out coming back to F one a lot recently. Could he come back to a team that he won titles with for a second time? For <laughs> so a he had two time. stints with them. Why not a third? Yeah. <laughs> um, the thing is. Uh, 2021 was going to be a really interesting year because that's when the new regulations were going to come in. But obviously that's been pushed back now. So that that Renault seat looks a lot less appealing 
now than it would have done if it was after a big rule change. Because mm. let's face it, next year's given how the they've adjusted things to deal with the current situation, the running order next year is going to be very much like the running order this year, isn't it? Because it's mm. they're going to be the same chassis, so yeah. there's so much you can change at that point. Um, honestly, is- I think. I, the only way I can see Alonso coming back is if a team that is winning races and championships offers him a seat. He he does not want to come back to finish fourth, fifth, sixth. Yeah. I think just going back to, to Seb again, and the the idea you mentioned, you know, the the, the the regulations going back a year. This could actually be the perfect time to go to Renault. Because not only I mean you you get you get in there a year before the regulations come in. They've probably mostly designed that car already. They've got a whole extra year now to continue designing it and get it just right. If you do join that team now, then you've got this year's like this this first year in the team is gonna be your sort of settling in year. You know, it's your it's your banker year kind of thing. You're gonna be there the whole time. And it's an opportunity for you to have an effect on the design of the next car on the, on the next big change car on the 2022 car so yeah. it, having said that maybe it's not a terrible idea for Sebastian Vettel to go to Renault and have some input he could be the Sebastian Vettel could be the silver bullet that turn Renault from this sort of languishing up and down the midfield to a front running team he could have that special source that they need mm-hmm. to get him up there well, we've said all along that that's why Ricardo was there. Like he was there to uh, be ready for the rule change because Renault sh- should be able to do a better job of that, or hope to do a better job of that than they currently are. But he's clearly lost faith in that. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the thing is that the, the, on paper, the new rule set... just great content. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I don't know. That'd be a good on, podcast, on pa- wouldn't it? No, All right. <laughs> <laughs> on paper, the new rule set should suit Vettel a lot more than the current one. So there's that at least to maybe entice him to stay a little longer, but oh no, now it's been pushed back a couple of years. Maybe he'll disappear for a couple of years and come back. I mean, it's not out of the question. Or the drivers yeah. have done it. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Could Hulk do it? I think I think Hulkenberg coming back is going to be an option there. Because um, I can't think of that many experienced drivers that Renault could pluck to put in that seat if that's the route they want to go down. This is the thing, isn't it? Like, there are drivers in the Renault program that you could potentially move up, but with a short season this season and then a season of you know potential upheaval because you you working towards new regulations next season, you probably want somebody that is already pretty comfortable in like the paddock and in the car and in the sport and can provide instant feedback and you're going to want someone that's got a season or two minimum under their belt already in an ideal scenario, I think, aren't you? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they do have quite a lot of young drivers at the moment, Renault. Um, But that's not what you want right now, is it? Um, 
you, you, as you say, you want that experience, someone who can help you develop, especially with these new rules that are coming in. Um, also, I don't think they're young drivers are particularly ready. Um, Zoo is probably the closest. Uh, apparently, yeah. Renault are very, very impressed with him from kind of a, a technical perspective. Uh, point of view and from like the speed he's learning things um, and he was top rookie in f2 last season but again he's done one season of f2 he's he's and and he wouldn't even get a super license if, unless he finished fourth i think next this year which this I, year I might think, even happen so i think we've come on to the the most fascinating thing about this whole whole last day is that there isn't at the moment really there because there's no racing going on anywhere there is no up-to-date form book. No one knows yeah. how quite how everyone is, and no one quite knows how everyone's going to be when they come back. There are going to be some really rusty drivers and some reputations <laughs> torn to shreds. I think when uh, when we do eventually go back racing. So as long as we don't see first corner incidents like. <laughs> <laughs> like what we see in their online races, I'll be fine with it. <laughs> yeah, I hope they remember yeah, they're like, back in real cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm, and I'm not just talking about F1. I'm talking about F2, Formula 3. I'm talking about yeah. all the F- other Everything in down. general. Everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. National racing. Like no one's, no one, literally no one's doing yeah. any racing around the world properly. So unless you live in, you know, sub-Saharan Africa where there's like one person caught the disease and you still look down and you've found yourself a kart track to go racing around, then <laughs> you're probably not going racing. So who knows who's good enough for this Renault seat, really? Who knows if yeah. if if Seb's even going to be good enough for it? Who knows if Ocon's even going to be good enough for it when it comes back? Because they, they all should have done... What what round should be on now? It should be around Monaco, Spain-Monaco time now? Um, yeah, Maybank holidays. Um, May, the, the first Maybank holiday that we've had is usually around the time that we have Spain. Yeah, so we're like six races in, should be. Um, yeah. Then we'd be heading to Canada roundabout now, and then coming back for Monaco. Is it? Is that the? I think that's I the think usual so, yeah. order. Yeah. So it's something around that usually, isn't it? About yeah, Monaco's you normally the end of May, isn't it? Because it's the same weekend yeah. as uh, Indy Five Hundred, quite often. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's it's a weird one, isn't it? Like like you say though, Stu, that there's just there's no way of telling even the experienced drivers out of those who's going to be the ones on form. Yeah. It is like then, starting green for a lot of them. Yeah, no one's used to taking this much time out. Like usually yeah. by this point, like over the winter, they'll be doing a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of sometimes a bit of rallying or a bit of driving here and there. And there'll be a lot of training going on. I'm sure they're doing a lot of training anyway, but you really need to be like, to stay good, you need to be practicing any sport. You need to be practicing yeah. a lot. And it's a strange yeah. sport, Formula One, because it's one of those that you can only really properly practice your sport in season. And yeah. it just means that that bigger gap between the seasons now is really going to sort the the really, really talented, naturally gifted drivers from the ones that need more practice and need more well just yeah just more practice the ones that need more consistency to stay yeah, yeah. good and it's I, def- I think it's be interesting to see where the guys that are doing a lot of sim racing end up when yeah. they come back because there's a lot of people like lando and albon and russell like that, that sort of i guess younger generation where it's they've been brought up with it they're 
sim racing every other day and they're doing like I I know it'll never compare to actually being in one of the cars, but you know, they are doing high quality sim racing, like with some of the best simulation games that there is out there when it comes to racing. Mm -hmm. And they're doing competitive events against other drivers that are again at the top of that sort of category that they're they're racing in. So they're still I imagine they're gonna come back quite sharp and, and just, you know, tuned into being back on the grid. Whereas those that haven't done anything like that, you may see them being a little rusty or, you know, a bit hesitant or something Mm. for the first race or two until everything gets settled. It'd be be very interesting to see, at least. I heard Lewis Hamilton's playing a lot of Gran Turismo, but um, (laughs) he's probably playing against the AI because it makes no difference to him anyway. He's usually so far ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's contractually obliged to play Gran Turismo anyway. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's got. He's on his hat, man. He's got to like that. Yeah, yeah. True. yeah it's true. No fault of sport for Lewis. We've got to like Gran Turismo. Bottas is racing guys. <laughs> to um mm. to go back to Stu's point though, like with everyone potentially being so rusty and having no racing, like that's just not a time to be promoting up from below, which really yeah. puts Renault in a pickle. Like, I mean. Tragically, I think front of the queue for that seat would probably yeah. be Antoine Hubert at this point. But even mm. then, you're just after no F2 drivers race since November now. And are you really going to, even if I put together a small F2 season, you're not going to then just drag one of those guys up to F1 for no. next year, are you? They really need experience. And the only people really are Seb, Alonso and Hulk that tick those boxes. <laughs> I get. I guess the only saving grace with it is the fact that we are due to get a season of sorts, although it's a shorter, compressed season, and then we'll be jumping fairly quickly into next season. And they don't need the driver until then. I guess they probably need to act quickly on anyone that might be high profile going somewhere else, but. Yeah. You know, realistically, if they want to bide the time and, and just see who who is performing once we actually get a season underway, they've got they've still got time to have that. It's not like they need this driver decided by the end of the month or something. Yeah. So from what I'm told, they they're expecting a minimum of fifteen races and they're hoping to do eighteen. Yeah. Is that public knowledge? I think that's probably I hope that's public There's knowledge. it's yeah, it's been kind of there's been stories knocking around today that there is a new version of the calendar circulating. Um, that, as you say, is kind of 15 to 18. It doesn't include um, the Dutch, Canadian and Singapore Grand Prix. Um, although officially they are still in the postponed category. There, I mean, Canada and Singapore obviously are largely street circuits. So it makes sense that they're probably not likely to be rescheduled. Um I mean, Zanvoort we spoke about last week, um, which I'd like it, but it sounds like that's probably going to disappear as well now. Um, but apparently this new calendar does include spaces for second races at Silverstone, Red Bull Ring and Bahrain potentially. Um, and also that Hockenheim is kind of uh, on standby to potentially take a round as well because they obviously Hockenheim wasn't on this year's calendar, but they're apparently on standby to maybe jump in and add another race because... It's uh, it'll be an easy place for the teams to get to, I guess, won't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, um I, I've just realised when I look down, I'm wearing a t-shirt that actually has the original 2020 calendar on it. 
Oh no! So I could answer your earlier question. Oh my goodness! Which wow. is Where'd you get right that now. From? Well, <laughs> interesting story that completely sidelines us. But my <laughs> my birthday is just before the season starts at the beginning of March, and my mum usually gets me like a little bit of a sort of a a jerky kind of present to to go along with anything else. And this year it was it happened to be. Here's a T-shirt that ironically has the Formula <laughs> One calendar on it. Yeah, um, that's really and she was good. Like, she was like, I don't really wear T-shirts like this, but I know you do. So, but I bought two because I'm going to keep mine because it might become like a collector's thing when the season's <laughs> yeah, yeah, trashed yeah, by yeah. Corona. You, you absolute punter. <laughs> <laughs> that's what she was like. But in, in answer to the earlier question, when I looked down and realised Monaco should have been the 24th of May according to my T-shirt. Okay, and yeah. Spain would have been the tenth of May, so it would have been the weekend just gone. It would have been between there, yeah, so we'd, five, we'd have had a week, five and weekend six, off that... coming up. Yeah, um, one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. <laughs> six and seven. So, All right, there we go. Live counting. It's the counting podcast with Tom King. Yeah, I've, can you tell them looking down at my t-shirt while I'm doing it? Yes, I can. Yeah. my voice. <laughs> okay, so there's another factor in in the conversation, isn't there, that we haven't got to yet. This is this is maximum silly season now. It's yeah, okay. wild speculation. Why not? Why not? Why not? It's silly season. Let's, Let's it. be silly. Let's but be silly. As things currently stand, Mercedes do not have a driver signed for 2021. Both their drivers are out <laughs> of contract at the end of this year. Um, I mean, Hamilton, you can't see leaving for anyone other than maybe Ferrari, but obviously we now know the Ferrari seats are tied up for at least the next two years. Um, there's some people speculating of whether Mercedes would want to get Vettel to sit alongside Hamilton. <laughs> I think that would be a very, very brave person you, to do that. Get imagine you that team. Though. We're getting silly now. We <laughs> are getting silly. Yeah, but it'd give us like Rosberg v Hamilton 2.0 and... In no offence to Rosberg, I, I do think Vettel's a much better driver. Yeah. So <laughs> it'd be even closer this time around. Like, can you imagine those two in a team together? It'd be amazing. We finally settle the debate. All these people on the internet oh, are like, "Oh, but so you never good. see them in the same car as each other." That It'd be would incredible. solve the debate. In that, let's voice. do it. However, yeah, they do I, it in I'm that way. That's that's my that no, that internet voice. That internet, is the internet voice. person voice. Yeah. Yeah. Keyboard warrior. Same car. Oh. Hashtag keyboard warrior. <laughs> that being said, do you think either of those drivers would want to have that teammate? No. Exactly. Not interested in what they want. It's not about what you want. <laughs> it's about what we want. It's about what we want. We're the fans. We're what's important. Um, and a final point of interest: Toto Wolf also doesn't have a contract beyond the end yeah. of this year. Yeah. Um, he has a small stake. It's a very small stake. It's like a percent, but he has a small stake in Aston Martin, and he's also very good friends with Lawrence Stroll, who, as we know now owns Aston Martin and he's rebranding Racing Point as of next year to the Aston Martin Formula 1 team. Maybe there's something there. Maybe Toto, much like Paddy Lowe did, has uh, not getting the challenge he needs from running at the front all the time. Maybe he wants a new challenge and Lawrence could drag him over there, in which case could he take (laughs) some big-name drivers with him? Again, unlikely, but it's an interesting factor to have floating around. I'd love it. I want to see it happen. I'd love it. Oh, it'd be amazing, he's, wouldn't I it? I think he's he's more likely to go into. He's going to take um, is it Chase Carey's job at uh, at F one? I think that's quite likely as well. The, yeah, yeah. Sport, yeah. yeah. Fom, which Ferrari would love, I'm sure. Much like everyone else loved <laughs> it when John Todd got there. Uh, the uh, yeah, FAA, <laughs> FAA presidency, yeah. president job, yeah. 
Yeah. But there if, we go. As as silly as it is, it would be delightful to see it happen. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, as silly, as silly as it is, like we, you know, you laugh about that, but actually, like if if one seat, it only takes one seat to become available at Mercedes, and then that suddenly like no. has a ripple all the way down the field. So, like, say, you know, say um, Bottas does disappear at the end of this season, and then. You've got multiple options then. Like, does, does Ocon take that seat, or does um, Russell get promoted? Does um, what does it, do, do you get the seat at McLaren for yeah. Norris going? Could Norris go into that seat? You know, like hmm. there's some potential decent seats opening up if that Mercedes seat opens up as a result of that Mercedes seat. Yeah, and I think this whole thing with Vettel highlights exactly that point, Stu, doesn't it? Like it, yeah. it shows exactly what you're saying, that as soon as one of those seats is up for grabs at like a front-running team, it suddenly... It, it sends a shockwave through the it, entire... Yeah, it causes much more of a ripple effect than somebody moving in one of the midfield or sort of lower on the grid teams because the seat's obviously far less desirable. And, yeah. you know, you you've got more options of who you'd be willing to put in those seats as well. Well, if so, we'd have recorded this podcast on our normal day and on Monday <laughs> put out a podcast saying Carlos Sainz is going to be a Ferrari driver next season, we'd have been <laughs> laughed off the internet. Yeah, it just yeah. goes to show how ultimately we don't know anything and these wild things can just happen. What, what do you and mean, great we were saying that at do. the start of the week anyway. We just decided not to record because we wanted the, the public to find it Right, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, sorry, my bad. Mm. <laughs> we want it to be official. Yeah, we waited for it to be official first. <laughs> um, that's pretty much covers who has moved and who might move, doesn't it, I think? It does, for, for the now, time yeah. being. For the time for, being. For now. Yeah. Give it a day, for though. Now. Okay, yeah. considering that, Stu, have you, have you got something that you want to say about Vettel that we've not covered? What? what <laughs> um, I feel like well, well, you're putting me on the spot. I am. Well, you, I, I was just saying you, you weren't 100% sure he'd leave, so I felt like there was something that maybe you'd want to well, I think my, well, my throw point... in there that you got a thought process maybe as to what No, no, no it was nothing up. like that. It, it was more just my point was, you know, that a lot can happen in a year. So, yeah. you know, if, if I think, well, I just made it like the, the, if there was to be a seat available at Mercedes, then suddenly there's a really fan, there could be a really fancy seat at, at McLaren, which is, you know, you could maybe see Vettel in a McLaren, I'd say, like if it's a good enough car for 2022. It's a desirable seat. Yeah. There's so much is going to change over the next year in Formula One that I would not, I would not put money on anything at the moment. Yeah. It's all going to change. Everything's going to be going right up in the air. By the end of the season, you know, who knows who's going to be driving for what. It's going to be crazy. Well, it's like just a very quick sort of, again, silly season sort of throwing it out there. But imagine if Lewis won another world title in, in what we get as a season imagine this that. season. <laughs> but I'm just thinking like that puts him on seven. That ties yeah. him. Yeah. Then does does he at that point go right? I've you know I've done what I want to do no. in Mercedes now. Nah. And does it does but does he then does does this let's go with Toto thing? Does something crazy like that happen? Lewis moves. 
then suddenly that does leave that seat open. And what's better for Mercedes than a world champion German driver in a German car yeah. fighting for a world title? What is better for them than that? That's what they're all about. Like, yes, they'll take the best driver in the grid on their in their opinion in Lewis, but ultimately I think in the same way that Ferrari deep down always want an Italian driver or someone with that kind of heritage, the Mercedes team always want a German driver in in their car. And I think that's why Rosberg got, I wouldn't say preferential treatment, I think that's a bit harsh, but I think Rosberg was given more more time to sort of adjust and settle into being in a, a front-running car and, and yeah. find his form than maybe other drivers would because it was the German driver in the German car. So mm. there's... It's a completely wild ball theory, but I'm putting out there. But I mean, yeah, but so so it's fine because yeah, so was uh, science to Ferrari two days ago, and now (laughs) we live in a world where Carlos Sainz is a Ferrari driver in a year's time. So exactly, yeah, it's it's a crazy it's a crazy time. It's a crazy just when you thought the world couldn't get any crazier, (laughs) Carlos Sainz now drives for Ferrari. Um, we've got a couple of little bits of news that surprisingly aren't driver market related, have we? <laughs> uh, there's, there's one. We already did the calendar stuff. Um, also, it's been lost in all of this, but Williams have signed uh, Simon Roberts as their new managing director of F1. Um, he's been a McLaren guy since 2003. He was operations director and then chief operating officer. Um, he also spent a season at Force India, although he was still employed uh, by McLaren because they had like a technical partnership going on um, and he was CEO at Force India for a year. Um, yeah, it's it's another in a line of fairly big name signings Williams have made recently to kind of, basically they decided when Paddy Lowe left, they weren't going to just replace his role. They were going to, much like McLaren did, have a number of people filling slightly more specialised roles. Um so yeah, another interesting note on Williams' kind of rebuilding phase. And 24 hours ago, that was our headline story. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it's mental. Madeline. Absolutely mental. So um, should we do a little bit of inbox then? We've probably got a lot to cover with yeah, <laughs> what's been going on. I imagine there's a lot of questions. Through. We better Quite rattle a bit through these. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so first, we've got Stephen Edwards saying, uh, "Alonso, Alonso, back to Renault, guys. Seb will put on a smoking jacket and kick back, as per Mark <laughs> Webber's prediction. Scrap 2020. Let's just rock on with 2021 now." P.S. Good day from the Oz. <laughs> Have you seen <laughs> that Mark Webber prediction that he's mentioned there? Not specifically. I, th- I, I know that Webber's sort of had the, the opinion that Seb would retiring but yeah basically uh, i think it was a couple of years ago he basically said like seb's going to achieve everything when he was young and he's started a family young and he's he'll have a f- few years blasting around in the red car but basically like he's a guy that does things at a young age and he'll he's already done all he's going to achieve kind of thing which seems to be maybe coming true but mm. there we go hmm. um conwolf says Initially, before all of the above happened, when Seb left Ferrari, what did your guts tell you? Oh, my guts. What did my guts tell me on um, who was going there? For me, I didn't think of Carlos because he seemed pretty settled at McLaren and found his groove. Do you think the move may have hurt his career in any way? Ooh, that's a good question. It's a good question, um, that. 
Who would you I have think, put in that Ferrari seat before you? I think Ricardo was the first name I thought of. Mm. What about you, Tom? Um, honestly, I I really don't know because I I didn't expect it. Um, I'd have expected them to go similar to science but I don't know if I'd have said that they would have definitely gone for science. You know, someone's got a little bit of experience on the grid. Um, mm. Maybe even tried to get Kimmy back from the Alpha yeah. or something just to just to fill the seat for a year or or two. Until, yeah, maybe. Until but, somebody yeah. was ready to come up. I'd say that Kimmy was probably the first name that popped into my head, but then it immediately popped out of my head when I thought <laughs> Kimmy would never go for it. Yeah, we don't want <laughs> yeah. that. Um, so, like, the first proper name... That would pop into mind. I'd say, having given it a bit of thought in the 20 seconds leading up to this sentence <laughs> coming out of my mouth, probably Giovinazzi, just because you'd go for the young driver off the bat. Yeah. As, yeah. as a placeholder for Schumacher in two years' time, maybe a year's time. Yeah, possibly. Um, yep. That's that's where I would have gone. But... Yeah, I mean, I, I, who'd have, who'd, I think I think he's too talented for him. I think he's going to cause problems. I think he's going to get a bit mental. <laughs> yeah. as, though, as, though it, as though it wasn't already mental enough at Ferrari, it's going to get absolutely batshit from 2021. <laughs> it's just, we're, we're just going to get like a Carlos, Charles is faster than you. Oh, God, imagine that. Oh, God, no. Let's move on to the next one. Do move you on to the understand? Next one. Oh, my goodness. Um, sort of a flip of that question uh, from Dananana87 had Ferrari not chosen Sainz please, please read that handle again I enjoyed that so much Dananana87 says <laughs> well done. had Ferrari not chosen Sainz let me read the question <laughs> had Ferrari not chosen Sainz do you think Ferrari or McLaren would have been a better option for Daniel for what it's worth for him I think McLaren is perfect Um, I think short term Ferrari's probably a better place, but long term, I think McLaren's a really good spot for Ricardo. Yeah, I think yeah. McLaren as well. I'm I'm wholeheartedly saying McLaren with that one. My chair agrees. Did you hear my chair? <laughs> the chair. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> going for it. Oh, and again. Right, next one. Uh, I, I hope I end up saying this right. I'm going to pronounce it as Ryan. Uh, says, do you think Carlos did right? In my opinion, this McLaren project was going to start to show results this year and we all know about the Ferrari atmosphere and what it'll lead to uh, because with Charles they have two very strong drivers in the car again I think given as you said earlier like the way Sainz's career has gone so far you can't blame him for grabbing this opportunity with both hands whether it'll turn out to be the right decision long term we'll have to wait and see but you you can't blame him for if Ferrari come knocking you, it's hard to say no. Yeah, I think un- unless you're already in a car that's that's on par or better, you you're very very seriously considering that offer, aren't you? Re- realistically, like yeah, it, it's just to to have the opportunity to even be part of that team. I think mm-hmm. is a quite a big dream and desire for most yeah. drivers in that sport, isn't it? You, I mean, you, you, if you're driving at, at, in a car that's in fourth fourth position and arguably the fastest car comes to you and says, do you want to drive me for a season or two? Yeah. You 
bite the hand off the person who's offering yeah, it. Exactly. You, you, you take it, don't you? Yeah. Like, yeah. come even on. If, you don't even have to be a fan of Ferrari to do that. It's just logic, isn't it? I, I think I think even your Lewis Hamilton of this world, if, if they were offered that seat, he would have to really seriously consider it before yeah. turning it down. Oh, yeah. If because, he was, he's a smart guy, I'm sure he would. Yeah, like, it's... So I think, yeah, short term for for science or Danny Rick, you'd consider Ferrari. Um, but I, I think it'll work out all right, generally speaking. I, I think science... I don't think science is any worse than Leclerc, by much of a margin, at least. Like, I think we'll they might out, be in for a we? bit of a shock. I, yeah, I think science might... might um, might do the business at Ferrari I think he's, myself. Think it's going to get messy. Yeah, I think it will. That's why I'm excited for it because he's yeah, a yeah. bloody good driver. Yeah. As so as long as those two being competitive with each other doesn't let like Lewis or someone just cakewalk to another yeah. title, that would <laughs> yeah. really annoy me. Yeah. Like I want those two to be competitive with each other, but for first and second every other week. Like I want it to be a fight between those two. I, how long is it since we've seen anything like that? I want a mm. fight between two Ferrari drivers for a title. I want a fight between a Ferrari and a Mercedes for a title. A proper and fight. And a Red Bull. All that, yeah. And a McLaren. And that. a Red Bull. And a McLaren for, for good position. And, and why a not as well? No, yeah, no, sorry. Sorry. I was being stupid. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> and an Aston and Martin. Not... <laughs> and an Alfa Tauri. It's worth saying as well, with all this surprise, let's not forget that Carlos Sainz was back of the grid driver of the season 2019. So, I mean, <laughs> with praise and that Ferrari high. Ferrari clearly saw exactly, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That Ferrari were listening. They uh, <laughs> they took notice and they they took action. And that's the that's the main thing. That's life. Say, where will Vettel go? Will he stay in Formula One? Would he be tempted by the Triple Crown? That's a good question. <clears throat> and you can tell by my voice when I read that, that's the first time I'd read that. <laughs> um, will he be tempted by the Triple Crown? Could be. Could be. I'm not mm. sure, you know. I think it's interesting because I think Alonso and Vettel are both... That's the thing. Alonso and Vettel are both drivers who really like statistics and the history of F1. Yeah. But I feel like Alonso pays attention to that because he thinks he should be number one in every category and he's working very hard to prove that whereas Vettel just has a lot of respect and reverence for the sport and he's just yeah. happy that he's considered in those things I can't see him having that same drive to go after something like the Triple Crown what I, you're saying I is he's got less right. of an ego <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think the angle that Chris is going at though is is like it probably is the right one, which is he's got a, an absolute love for Formula One. Like the things that he knows in terms of the history of the sport and stuff. Like you see him in the the driver press press conferences correcting pundits and stuff when they they'll mention a driver like oh you you potentially equal this record. He's like well actually you'll find it's this that you know yeah. this is the fact. Like he he just loves the sport and I think that it applies solely to F one. I can't really see him doing much else, unless it was maybe for a bit of fun. He's not like Alonso, where, like you say, Alonso's ego is, I must be the best <laughs> in everything, and I will achieve that. Whereas Seb, like you say, is sort of very F1-focused, I think. Yeah, I think so. So I don't think Triple Crown would be of interest to him, to be honest. Hmm. 
Next, Wesley Paul says, I don't see Seb going to Renault, so how much duct tape or serial beats will need to keep his head from exploding while he tries to find Nico Hulkenberg's number? <laughs> um, lots. Do you know what? I'm I'm not going to write it off until it's been until the seat's been filled by somebody else, if I'm totally honest. But it yeah. goes back to that point I made earlier about like if they're going to likely need someone that's got some experience at least um, within the sport and stuff to help them with developing the car. Because bearing in mind there are other drivers, Ocon, who's albeit been in a simulator, but he's not driven an F1 car on the circuit properly for two years now, or it will be near enough. So... I don't it's know. Gonna be, I feel, I feel, well, it's going to be. I six feel like Hulkenberg's most a serious contender. Well, yeah, true. There is that, but I don't know. I just feel like Hulkenberg's. Uh, I don't know if he'd like being considered this. Probably not. But like he's he's essentially, I think their backup plan. Like they'll they'll maybe have a look, see what other options they've got. But they they, they will probably be absolutely ready to fall back on Nico if uh, if he should I don't, want to do it. Hulkenberg's not coming back. He's he's not interested. He won't be interested. I'd be amazed. He, do you reckon? Ooh, I think he'd be very interested. I, I think he'd be interested. Yeah, yeah. he he talks so much, much about pride. how much he loved F Ride. He's got. To, he's not going to go back to Renault. It, I don't know, mate. He went. For, he went it, between it, Sauber and Force India enough times. He does not have that <laughs> much pride. I, I think for Hulkenberg to come back, I think for Hulkenberg to come back to Formula One, it would take Renault getting a driver from another team and leaving a seat elsewhere for him to come back to. I don't think. That, he'd have, I feel like okay, the way yeah, he was treated, the the way he left that team, I would say, didn't didn't smack of someone who would was interested in going back to that team. Would he I think, throw? I think would he was he treated a bit harshly. Him, would he take more joy in throwing it back in their face than he would from driving for them? <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's I like Yeah, it's a funny you, idea, but like, I, I just think what in in this is the serious answer to that question. I know you're saying it in jest, but the serious answer to that question is like, if you go back to that team and it, yeah, a, I told you so, move, then that's just you're off of a bad foot straight away. That you're not going to win anything no, on that foot. That team, a, so it is a good point that one of you just made, though. Like, we've only really talked about four teams today, but if like, say, I don't know. Renault got Perez to uh, take their second yeah, seat. Exactly, Hulkenberg would be a great fit for that. Yeah, um, Aston Martin seat yeah. that opened up. Exactly. Yeah. There's a whole lot more going to happen. Lots. There's going to be a big shakeup. Whenever there's a whenever there's a, a driver moves in one of the top teams, and there's like a bit of a ripple down like this. This is just going to affect the entire grid now because it's it's such. There's such huge ruptures for each of these teams that it's, it's it's a superstar retiring effectively is the way you've yeah. got to look at it. Yeah. So that has huge ramifications for the entire paddock. Um, no, it's not going to end here. There's going to be more. More stuff is going to happen because of this. I think, yeah, the only team that, and they're not even completely immune from it, but the, the only team that realistically probably aren't that phase by it is Red Bull because the fact that Mercedes have got their contracts coming up at the end of this season, they're technically in amongst all this now. They've they've now got to start thinking about 
what are we, if they're not already, it's now a realistic scenario that they've got to start thinking about it because, hmm. like you say, drivers are going to start moving around and getting snapped up and stuff. So the they do need to like, consider if they want to stick with Lewis yeah, and Bottas for you know, a year. The or other two. thing is, is, Bot- is, is, is Hamilton going to be that if, if Hamil- unless Hamilton wins this season, is he going to be interested in sticking around any longer than this season? You know, like, yeah, there's been yeah, rumblings for a while, like underneath everything, there's been the odd rumbling here and there that he might be. You know, thinking of hanging up his boots. He has a lot yeah. of interests outside of F one. Yeah, it, it, Formula One is yeah. not his entire life. Like he's no. got Come so on. much more going on. And How long has he talked about the fact that he'd be interested in at least trying MotoGP as an mm, example? Yeah. he's been riding bloody MotoGP bikes about. Yeah, of course he's interested. Yeah, in yeah. he's got a he's got a bike. He's got a bike named yeah. after him. A model of bike <laughs> named after him. The Lewis Hamilton brand. It's a brand of bike, isn't it? But it's still, it's like he's got his own. Yeah. Brand freaking bike brand so the guy's gonna um, do other stuff but yeah I, I just did a quick calculation right now there's there are seven uh seats open still in 2021 so this is yeah far from over yeah <laughs> absolutely at least it gives us something to talk about until it's exactly yeah off proper yeah uh, <laughs> should we do the next one yes, yes i will indeed uh danielle baker says um hi guys hope you're all keeping well quick question if there's an F1 season this year, what do you... Th- uh, no, well, there is one, isn't there? I might rephrase that. Hi, guys. Hope you're all keeping well. Quick question. Uh, with, the, with the F1 season this year, what do you think the average pit stop time will be? Just wondering what impact of uh, the pit crews having to train at home and how fast they'll be able to do the stops once they actually get back together for racing. All the best. That's a good point, actually. This That's is going to be the longest period of time they've not mm. been practicing pit stops for probably ever <laughs> you, you they... know full well that mercedes have shipped wheel guns to drive probably to yeah. homes and told them to practice on the yeah. back <laughs> get, get your get your kids running around with a formula one wheel <laughs> yeah. and see if you can get this gun inside of it um well the advice in the uk at the moment is to go back to work if you can and mm. don't use public transport to do it a lot of the factories in formula one um, are out in the sticks and dri- most of their staff drive to it. Most I don't imagine many of them um, commute to to their yeah, jobs. They all have I massive car parks. Be. They're all huge. Things. So I imagine all the pit crews and stuff are already, um, or, or at least people this week will be starting to to show back up to to work. And they'll be the Formula One teams will have, if they haven't already been. You know, a lot of them will have been working from home anyway, working on CFD stuff. Yeah. Um, but I expect most teams will be now starting to look at getting people back in. So by the time the season starts, they should be fairly well practiced. And yeah, there might be a little rusty the first race, but yeah. I mean they always are. every season you always yeah, I mean, look it's at Haas a, Haas a couple of years ago, fifth and sixth they were running, and they yeah. two years made the exact same yeah yep yeah, same mistake on both cars. You know yeah. it happens every season. The- it happens. I think the other thing that might be a factor, maybe more so than the the lack of practice, is if we're going ahead with like restricted races where only certain numbers of crew members can be taken to and from races, you've got to be very selective in who you take and whether they are regularly part of the pit crew. I know obviously all the pit crew have some other job within the garage, you know, in terms of like from a mechanics point of view, but you might have 
a guy on the front jack or on one of the wheel guns. It's not it's not his regular week in week out thing to be a part of a pit crew, and somebody that is supposed to be there might be not as essential in the rest of the garage and is not at every single race. So I think there'll be factors of like the the, the team that performs the pit stops might be a little bit unfamiliar with each other to a degree as well because of that. If that goes ahead in that way. That's just something to think about. Yeah, I think. yeah. It could, well, they could. I mean, the way it sounds like it's going to go is, I mean, you, first of all, how are you going to practice social distancing? Uh, that, that, that does lead to a very interesting question, actually. How do you practice social distancing during a pit stop? You know, are they going to put face masks on everyone to to do the pit? I suppose the helmets would would constitute yeah. a degree of um, face I, protection, but you, you stood only... very close quarters. So they'd be breaking, if they don't do it, they'll be technically, in this country at least, they would be breaking the law yeah. to have people I that mean, work that close together. So that's interesting. They've already said that like they're going to have teams like traveling around together and staying in hotels together and not mixing with the teams. So, I mean, I guess maybe by that point, there'll be a possibility that they can get the full team of mechanics all tested. And yeah, I guess. Once they're all officially clear, they can then just all travel around as a unit and then, you know, they're not be able to pass do any you know how clear, often? But... Do you know how often they're going to be testing us who work in Formula One? On a fairly regular basis, I would imagine. Every, literally every couple of days. Yeah, I mean, it's got, they've got to, haven't they? Because it only takes one person in an organisation yeah. like that to get it and it'll just yeah. wipe out yeah. everybody very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's there's like a lot of planning going on to get like everyone back oh, I'm to sure. work and everyone doing all the things that they need to do on a race weekend. And it is, oh my goodness, it's going to be <laughs> tough. It is going to be hard. It's not going to be, I mean, we all can't wait, <clears throat> excuse me, we all can't wait to go racing again. And, you know, none of the, none of the fans can wait to see it again. But Formula One at the best of times is a very, very difficult sport to to make preparations for it. it's so big so much goes into it camera crews media crews technical elements technical crews teams so i say this feel like i say stuff like this every episode but it is it is a real i'm going to use the buzzword herculean effort <laughs> to uh to get to get this show on the road especially in these uh in these conditions so shall i do the last one yeah go for it yeah um katie says do you think F2 will have any impact on the grid this year? Usually we see performance from those guys before the driver market starts moving around, not this year. Um, the drivers in F2 must be hoping they don't win the title this year as they have had no chance to prove themselves to F1 teams. Um, it's an interesting point. Do we know what they're doing with the F2 season yet? I've not followed it closely enough to check. They are so pretty much... try and follow F1, aren't they? Yeah, basically, whatever F1 races right. in Europe and uh, the Middle East happen, they'll be popping up where they can. Which is generally what they, they do most years, anyways. It's yeah. Just yeah. The number of races that they go yeah. to. It's just so. less races because it's cheaper. <clears throat> yeah. It's a bit cheaper to run otherwise. So yeah, that's what the rules are. Millions to go around the world. It, yeah. It would be interesting if they, um, if they actually let the rules slide for the, the champion cannot recompete. For this season, because of the nature of it, It'd be very interesting to see if they if they still enforce that. Because it would almost be a bit of a double edged. I mean, it's always been a bit of a double edged sword, but even more so this year in that. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the driver movement is happening already. 
they're not going to have as much time to prove themselves to try and get a seat for next year. I mean, it's it's a packed lineup this year as well. Like, just looking at drivers that already have affiliations to F1 teams, you've got like Sean Galeel, Dan Tictum, uh, Grand Yuzu, Christian Longard, Jack Aitken. Uh, I think Louis Delatraz is still connected to a team. Uh, Matashitsa, Junior Lacey, Mick Schumacher, Rob Schwartzman, Roy Nissany. That's like half the grid who are connected yeah. to F1 teams one way or another. And they're all going to yeah. be trying to find a spot on an already very packed grid. Um, yeah. But yeah, whoever wins it this year is going to struggle to find somewhere to go next for sure. Yeah, but it'd be a shame if we lost a talent in terms of like having to go to another series or, you know, being stuck as a, a reserve driver and not really doing yeah, it on track because of that. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see realistically. Yeah. Anyone, anything else to add? Or are we all good? I think, I think, I think that's a lot. We've covered a lot. <laughs> I think yeah, it's been a hell of a that's couple of days. That's the longest one we've done for ages. Probably all yeah. season. <laughs> yeah. What season? <laughs> <laughs> Shall we do an outro? Yeah. On uh, that note, we will wrap up for this week. Uh, there's been plenty to talk about, and I'm sure there'll be more rumblings before we do start racing again. Um, if you would like to keep in touch with us and uh, follow us online, you can do so on Twitter. That's Back of the Grid F1. You can also find us on Instagram at Back of the Grid. You can find us on Facebook as well by searching for Back of the Grid. And you can also head to backofthegrid.com where there is a contact form to get in touch with us. And you can register for the Predictions League, but there's not really anything to predict <laughs> yet. But you could be ready for when the season does start. <laughs> so if you, if you do want to uh, register, you're more than welcome to do so. Uh, that is it for this week. So thank you very much for joining us. And we'll be back soon uh, as and when more news presents itself. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye. If people have got this far into this episode amid the internet shouting at them the way it has been this last day, then <laughs> thanks to them very much for listening all the way through. <laughs> it's okay though, because I'll get this tomorrow and the waters will have calmed slightly. Unless Ren, I'll go and announce some more no, first thing tomorrow morning, which I wouldn't put yeah. it past them. Yeah, tomorrow Aston Martin are going to be making engines for Williams. Yeah, there'll be an announcement at 9am tomorrow and it will ruin like 50% of what we've just said. (laughs) Yeah, probably.